This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This video is brought to you by Voxy, the pay-as-you-go mobile network that gives you unlimited social media for as little as £10 a month. Sign up today using the link in the description to stop eating your data away while on the move. Voxy has got you covered with unlimited social media, video and music, all with 5G ready in every Voxy plan. Deal ends October 12th, so be sure to sign up using the link in the description now. Hello and welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast with Jamie Lawler, Sam Wood. Oh, fuck's sake, we're already off to a fly up. Oh, um, no. John needs to it, Tommy. Shut up, Sam. Shut up. Welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast with me, Tommy Kelsall, Jamie Lawler, Zach Woods, and Sam Sheppard. Good evening, boys. How are we? Good evening. Good, Good to have you back. Good to have you back. Good, good, good little intro. There. Got it. I'm gonna stop patronising you now. I'm really joking. It's good. It, it, it is good to have you back, mate. It's nice because I love not hosting. So, uh, yeah. good. Glad you're back. Yeah, apologies for not being on the podcast for a little while. Uh, I've just been busy. I can't lie. Uh, stuff of uni and stuff of work. Uh, as you can probably tell, I'm not in my familiar surroundings tonight. Uh, I am in my uni dorm up here in Preston. It's been a while since I've been on, so I've actually forgotten how to do a proper running order as well. But uh, the first thing that we need to talk about is the nil-nil against QPR. was the most recent game. Uh, and then we're going to discuss the uh, upcoming Norwich game, which is the day before my birthday, in fact. So um, who wants to kick us off with QPR? It wasn't, the, I mean, it wasn't particularly the greatest game in football, but it was fairly entertaining. There was a few moments here and there, wasn't there? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. It was so I'll dry. Jamie, you've I'll it. do it. Oh, go on. Um, where do we start? A bit of a change lineup. I, I like an idiot assume that from the Preston game with how well we dominated that game and lost, I thought it'd be the same kind of move. But a couple of changes. You can see six six days, three games. Exhaustion was in the team. Everyone was tired. Bit of a shock to not see the subject start. The one player who gives everything for me. Well, I think first off, we did everything but score, personally. We knocked it around. We were all right. You know, one cleared off the line and everything. And then second half, you could just, just capitulated, really, and let QPR have the last 15 minutes. If it weren't for two outstanding bloody saves, we'd lost that game. But... Yeah, I, I thought we played pretty poor in both halves, really. I thought the first half, we definitely weren't on our best form because you compare those first half performances to the one at Watford and Preston, Mm -hmm. you know, we were pressing quite high. We were catching up on their misplaced passes. I thought we were playing some 
yeah, some misplaced passes in the game against QPR. Yeah. Just we sort of became that team almost. It's like Watford and Preston were both giving the ball away really cheaply, and then we started to give the ball away really cheaply. But you know, we'd been pressing fantastically and taking Sunjic out of the team, whether it's for exhaustion meanings or whatever. I still think it was a poor decision. Um, and I also don't like the fact that we are having to move someone who's in as good a form as Jay Stansfield. This is no like uh, likability over him, over Hogan. But it's simply just the fact that we're having to move him out wide in order to suit Hogan for sitting in the middle still. So, like, I don't know why. He, it was a strange lineup, really. I didn't like it. Mm, yeah, it was a bit of a strange I... lineup, wasn't it? Because um, I was sort of thinking, like, when I saw the lineup come out, I saw that Hogan was starting. I also saw that Stansfield was starting. So I thought the same as you, Tommy, that the fact that Stansfield had to sort of move around within that sort of three behind the striker to sort of compensate for sort of Hogan being there because, you know, he's that striker where Stansfield can play in other positions. But I just think that, yeah, going forward, it's got to be Stansfield that starts in that striker role, isn't it? Because, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get onto the missed chances and I guess those chances you've got to score if you want to be near the top of the league. Yeah, indeed. I think the the most crucial one that I can remember from the night. Uh, it was probably a bigger one, actually, but I, obviously, from being the other end of the ground, probably couldn't see it, so it was cleared off the line, pretty much. I mean, like, I think it comes into the boxes in its first half, and then the QPR defender sort of really strangely clears it. He'll sort of spoons off his right foot and over the goalkeeper, and then it's cleared off a line in the end, but obviously Hogan's chance in the second half. So I think Stansfield slips in through, or Bakuna, and in fairness, Begovic does well. He does get out quickly. But it's just the fact that it's like it feels like Hogan always misses those chances. It never feels like he's clean through on goal and he does score. I feel like it just, I feel like I've seen it all with Hogan. I mean, Jamie, you were saying to me after the game that you've kind of just had enough of him, really. Uh, yeah, like, um, I have tried so hard. I really have with like, I get it. He is confident. I know people say it a lot with him. But I think there comes a point now, and don't get me wrong, does he work hard? Yes, I'll give him credit. Coming back defensively works hard, but I don't want my number nine at left-back making a tackle. I want my number nine, like Jay Stansfield does when he played for Preston, up front against Preston, bolting forward at defenders, terrorising them and not giving them a second. I'm all for forgiving a mischance, because to be fair, all credit to it, Begovic is a shit house, and he's six foot seven, and I forgot how big he was until I watched that game again. He is massive. <laughs> So, to be fair, he spread himself a great save, but I think there just comes a point where it's just, I don't feel like you can press too well around him because he will like press for two minutes and then he'll stop and you're just like, right, mm. great. He'll make, he did, he makes good runs. That's the thing with Hogan. He does, he'll make a good run and then he won't get the ball and it's just like he goes off and that's it. You've lost him for five minutes and you're not great. I think we lost the QPR. Any chance of a QPR goal died the moment Keshi Anderson went off as well because he was on fire, I thought. Got sort of like up and down that left hand side. Yeah, like just we lost everything because we had to move Stansfield out wide. And nothing against Stansfield, I think he's a phenomenal player and he's fantastic. But like we've all said here, like his best position is definitely up front. I don't mind him beyond the strike. I think he does problem causes problems there as well. But when you have to move a proper number nine who's quick, pacey, and aggressive, and have to put him out wide, you just lose something. And you've got Syracuse Denvalais sat on the bench. Like, I know, yeah. I think that's another thing. That, I think Eustace had gone into the game thinking that he can't risk some players' injuries, really. I think, I get it, and obviously it's perhaps not the time to do it at this early stage of the season, but you, you've got players like Sariki Dembele on the bench. You've got Burke, who particularly had a, didn't have a particularly great game against Preston. Um, 
but you've got those options and Dembele as well. Uh, Sonia, sorry. Um, and we, we're putting out a really flat lineup, and particularly for an evening game, particularly against a team like QPR, who we could beat. And, you know, those three points could be crucial come the end of the season. I also feel like for the fans' sake as well, for us travelling down, it just it felt like, oh, it's just going to be one of those nights, isn't it, where it's not going to be very exciting, it's not going to be very impactful. Uh, when like, half-time came and sort of filtering out towards the end of the game, you kind of just felt like it was going to be a nil-nil. Yeah. It wasn't very inspiring in that way. Um, I definitely think going back on Hogan, though, what you said there was that he does work hard, and I definitely agree with that. But like Stansfield works probably just as hard as him, but he does it in the right area. So he's up front. Mm -hmm. He's trying to parry. He's trying to shield past, you know, to try and make sure that there's no balls that goes past him. I mean, that's how pretty much he got the goal against Preston, wasn't it? And Hogan, though he does do Preston, he does do defensive duties. Like Stansfield does them up the pitch in his position, where Hogan doesn't do that, does he? Because he's, he's up the front of the pitch. He's sort of moderate pressing, really. And then when he does press and win the ball, it's back in his own box, like you were saying, weren't you, Jamie? That's the issue, isn't it? It's I don't want to. I'm I'm trying not to make this a slight Hogan day because it's not. I do actually feel sorry for him at points as well because I'm literally like the man can't buy a goal at the minute. He just can't. But it's one of them. Like those clearly sad to say better options than him now at this football club. And it is what it is. Like unfortunately, he's either going to have to become an impact player. Or just somehow start finding the net pretty soon, because that was it's what QPR was a dull game. It was a nil-nil. It was a dull game, but there was one or two moments like we said where a clinical striker puts them away. Do I think Stansfield puts that chance away when Begovic was in front of him? Yeah, I think he might do. I think Stansfield yeah, had right. the pace and composure to take a touch there, try and round him, do what he did against the Preston keeper, go round him and just bang it in near post. Mm -hmm, but I'm probably just also just digging out a player there for the sake of digging out. It was a boring nil nil. I mean, I don't want to feel I mean, like I'm going in. Yeah, I, I I agree with what a lot of from a lot of what you said. I think the frustrating thing with Hogan is we know there is a very good striker in there somewhere, and I'd argue at the start of this season and towards the end of last season, or af after the World Cup last season, we haven't seen that very good striker. Um, there's no question over his. Work ethic, because I'm I'm sure every single player on that pitch works hard. I do think Stansfield pressing seems a lot more effective than Hogan's. Um, as you said, Tommy, I think Stansfield knows the right times to press. Um, and often when he does press, he does win that ball back, whereas as maybe Hogan doesn't. Um, but I think it just is infuriating because he does get a lot of opportunities in games like that where, you know, a goal makes a difference and he doesn't tuck them away. And as you said, Begovic had a very good game, as did Ruddy, to be fair. He, um, he certainly kept us in it. Um, but I think it's just frustrating because we know Hogan, when he's on form, can be a very, very good striker. Look at the start of last season when he banged in about nine goals prior to the World Cup. When he first came to the club, he was banging in the goals. And in between those those sort of two time periods, he's had, he's had times where he scored plenty of goals for us. So I think it's so frustrating because there is a good striker in Hogan in there somewhere. And for whatever reason, he's just not he's not producing the goods. And that's what Eustace's job and his, his back, back team have got to try and do. And that's... Let's get Hogan to start firing in the goals again. I think it could be a case where we see Hogan get one goal and all of a sudden he gets two, then three, then four, then five, and they're flying in. Um, but mm -hmm. I think this season he just needs that first goal. He needs that one game where he's got an eight, nine, ten out of ten rating from us as fans as, as to how we think he performed. And then and then I think he'll hopefully be flying. But yeah, it's just frustrating because there were a few he could have scored, but Ruddy as well. 
kept us in that game yeah. against QPR too. Mm. The, the I mean, last gone. Sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'll um I'll bring this to you, Sam. Actually, I mean, like in terms of impactful players, like John Ruddy. I mean, like he's such a big player for us still, even at the age of what mid thirties, thirty six, all those. You know, I can't quite remember. Um, but we almost lost him towards the start of the season. Perhaps almost lost him. I don't know. It was all still rumours at the time. Um, to Luton. I mean, like he keeping hold of him. It's been proper important for us this season and perhaps in future games as well. So. You know, just how big as a player is he for us for the Blues? Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? Because um, we spoke about it in the transfer video uh, a few weeks back, Tommy, the fact that, you know, when these rumours came out about Ruddy leaving, we were really panicked by it because uh, someone of that quality, of that sort of age, of that championship experience, you know, you can't really buy that, can you? And it seems to be that he's communicating really well with this defence. You look at some of these statistics that I see floating around on Twitter, the fact that, you know, we're one of the best sort of defensive sides in the EFO in terms of, sort of conceding shots and like XG against all this kind of stuff. I look at all these charts and we seem to be in the top three, top five for a lot of these statistics. So like, it just seems like it's going to be sort of a good season defensively, but it's just these attacking issues that we still got to sort out. Mm, definitely. I think, well, interestingly, actually, someone we haven't seen yet uh, is Iwu. And I mean, Jamie, you're, I think you're quite interested in some of the defenders, particularly we've like, we've got, I mean, like, would you bring him in now or would you still leave him until Look, one of them has a bad game? Because Kevin Long, is, I think he's won the most the issue, isn't it? so far yeah. this season. And I was just, I've just literally, so we've got a little running order, I've seen, I've just popped it in there. I wanted to literally ask us at some point, who's been our, I know it's only eight, nine games in, but who so far would you say has been our player of the season? Because for me, I'm torn between Buchanan. Stansfield came a bit later, so I would say Stansfield usually, but I'm torn between Buchanan or Kevin Long. Because Kevin yeah. Long is so underrated, in my opinion. That man, don't you don't mention his name a lot. And as a centre-back, it's quite good because he just does all the right things. He's everywhere. Against Preston, everywhere. Against QPR on Friday, every time the ball tries to bounce through, he just does the simple stuff, just clears it, sends it down the line, bang, gone. No messing mm. about. Don't try and dick about with the ball. Just literally sees it bounce on the bar line, he'll just punt it out with the throw-in. He's like, there you go, done. Mm. Aerially, is unreal. And he got, like, seeing... Seeing the man that plays in that team now to the man that's played against Bristol for his first game, it's just crazy, isn't it? And as yeah. for you, yeah, it must be tough because you, you don't change a good formula or a winning team, do you? And defensively, I can't fault us. Drama's getting better by the game, I think, every time he mm. plays. Sanderson's club captain, he's undroppable and he's class. Long's playing the best football that we knew he could play and Buchanan is just unreal. So it must be hard for that guy to get into the team. Yeah, when he's yeah. fucking available, when he's not being sent off for challenges that he didn't even commit. But yeah, we'll uh, gloss over that slight hatred. I wasn't on the podcast <laughs> for this one, uh, for the Watford one. It's a bloody good thing I wasn't because I was so frustrated with that referee. It was unreal. So, I, um... Side note on that. I, You know, obviously I did the Voice of the Vic podcast. Mike, mm. their host, even texted me after the game. And he was like, oh, mate, that ref was a joke for you guys. Like, I'm not being funny. And I was like, I oh, know. Oh, crying out loud. That was absolutely mental. That was. Uh, speaking of people who bore my piss, uh, Albert Adoma also came on uh, against QPR <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm particularly glad. I only bring this up as like a small segment. I don't want to go banging on about it, but uh, I'm very glad that he came on and he didn't score this time because I, was I expected it. I was, I was, I was, I was almost a tempted to line up a bet on it because like, one of the bogey players isn't he whenever he plays against <laughs> us he always has to turn up it's like Adoma Davis Tom Ince. Like, who else is Tom Ince as well he seems to always Sombolonga 
Sunderland is yeah. one of them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Bradley Dack normally gets a few against Bradley there. Dack, actually, yeah. That's a good point. Sam Gallagher. Fraser Campbell. Sam Gallagher yeah. scored a few. Fraser, Fraser Campbell, Campbell, yeah. He hadn't played yeah. football for about 10 years, hasn't he? No, no, when, no, trust me. Whenever he plays against Birmingham, he just turns into, like, prime Maradona. Like, literally. Yeah. At speak, one point, speak. I think a couple of years back, when he hadn't scored, like, for the season... <laughs> And he came on for five minutes, sort of turned around, it hit one from about 30 yards and it cannoned off the bar. And I was like, oh my God, if yeah. that went to, in. To, to be fair, the way Blues have played for the last 10 years, you could probably name half the EFL with yeah. players who have yeah. scored against us. But yeah, yeah it, always, it always does seem to be a domer, doesn't it? Whenever we play QPR or... Yeah, but he came yeah. on, he pointed yeah. it to his back and he dropped a stinker. So we had the last yeah. one. <laughs> <didn't we>? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just glad to get out of that game. To be fair, if you look back at it, lads, I know it's crap to think because we went into a week thinking we could get some points. We ended with one, but we stopped the rut of losing. We got the clean sheet back, you know, for the defence. It's a good moral booster, that suppose. And uh, can we talk about the Gordon Banks S save from John Ruddy? Because that mm. was ridiculous. Fantastic save, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I assumed it was in. I was looking, I literally, because I'm, I'm cut corner, so I saw it in front of me. And I literally assumed it was in. Next thing I know, he's midair, turned the other, like, dived the other way and palmed it off. I was like, are you joking? Mm. Is he, is he like, just... Yeah, such a good save. He made one at the start of the second half as well, mm-hmm. which looked like it was guaranteed to go in the back. And that was a bit of a goal mouth scramble, but that was a fantastic yeah. save. And I know we've sort of touched on Ruddy, but myself and Sam, when we did our sort of little pod, we spoke about Ruddy as well, because we both agreed that he hadn't necessarily had his strongest start to the season. He probably, that second goal against Preston, he probably should have had... There was a free kick in a game as well. I can't quite remember who that was against. Millwall. Probably Millwall. should have had that one. Millwall as well. Um, but again, we both agreed at the time that Ruddy still very much has a place at Blues. He's still a fantastic goalkeeper. He's human. He's oh, yeah. going to make mistakes. But Friday night, he was excellent. Kept us in the game. Such a commanding keeper as well. As soon as mm. a cross comes into the box, you know Ruddy's going to be clearing it up. So, yeah, he, he kept us in that game. He earned us a point, as did Begovic, uh, Begovic for them on QPR a point. But... Yeah, he was just fantastic. And it, as, as I said, it wasn't just that one header save. He made one or two others that, oh, yeah. yeah, were just excellent. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't entirely impressed with many of their players. None of them really stood out. Aside from perhaps one of their strikers. I can't remember his name now. Um, he looked, I think he's Last a young chair. guy for them up front. No, no. The, one of the Sinclair strikers Armstrong. up front. Sinclair Armstrong, yeah. Um, it was a bit of a handful, wasn't he? It was like him and Sanderson were going back and forth in the game. I think there was, you know, a bit of shirt pulling either way. And it was just mm-hmm. a physical battle, which I kind of predicted. Like in um, the video I did with Zach, you just know what they're going to be like. You know, Gareth Rainsworth is a very sort of direct manager, isn't he? The way that he sort of likes his teams to play. And you knew it was going to be a battle, but um, there was no goals for QPR to show for it. So I suppose we've yeah. done all right in that aspect. Mm, I, yeah. yeah, I think I think defensively it was another really strong performance. And to almost go back to your Iwu question, because we spent £3 million on him. So you'd think we want to, you know, get some game time out of him at the moment. But... Buchanan's been so, so solid at left back. The, the, the difference between, you know, no, no disrespect to Colin and Pedersen because they, they had moments where they were excellent for Blues. Colin was such a great servant and Pedersen certainly started very well. Um, but the difference between those two having some pace and a, a, attacking threat in the wing back positions is just light and day. Um, and in terms of the centre half, both Sanderson and Long, and particularly Long, to be honest, has been, has been excellent. So it's almost like, where do you fit our £3 million player in? Um, for me, at the moment, he's probably a player that if we're 1-2-0 up, he comes on for the last 20 minutes and we, 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 we drop into a back five. But other than that, it's, he just doesn't get into the team, does he? So I think, I think that point against QPR was down to another good defensive performance. And I know we let in two against Preston and, and, and two against Watford. But I think outside that, I think defensively, we've been pretty solid for the season. 
Yeah, it's actually one of the signings that's gone under the radar, I think. I mean, like, £3 million for him, it's quite a substantial amount. For, I think it's like a loan of an option paid. to buy, isn't it? So we have the £3 million option at the end because I don't think we can spend it at the moment. So yeah. Of course, yeah. He might be on like... loan at the moment. And then, yeah, mm. for £3 million, you're expecting, like, a really good player. So from the fact yeah. that he's on the bench and that, it raises mm. a few questions, isn't it? Maybe he's just getting used to the championship and I think that is English it. football and that. Mm sort of bedding mm. him in and then sort of easing him into the team rather than just chucking him in the starting 11 because we are doing pretty well at the moment you don't want to disrupt that rhythm so i think it's one of the things mm. where he'll be eased in the team gently but i reckon he will definitely get game time yeah i mean I have, I have read reports saying he can play holding midfield position if need be as well i would have probably gave him the go ahead of on qpr as well if you're going to rest beat like sunjuk i don't know why it'd be it, are them two players that are sunjuk and Bealy, i was thinking about this when the lineup came out if you were going to rest anyone for fitness out of them two, surely it would have been Christian Bielik. Because he's obviously had his injury worries in the past. But mm. what do I know? I'm I think Sunjic has played an awful lot. That's the only thing I'd say about that. He's played, I think he played he covers much so much ground as well. Yeah, yeah. Because Bielik was rested well. against Cardiff in the Cup, wasn't he? And I think outside uh, of that game, I think Sunjic has played nearly every single one. I might be wrong on that. But he started the season very well, hasn't he? And he's worked so mm-hmm. hard. So... I kind of get the decision to give him a rest, especially with, you know, Bakuna, who started the season quite well himself. Um, but yeah, it just, it proved that maybe that extra defensive cover might have helped a little bit more, you know, who knows? But I think, I think probably resting Sunic was right. So he's, he's nice and fresh for obviously our up and coming game. Mm-hmm. I knew that time I go on. Uh, yeah, I'm about to segue. What do you want to say? I was about to slightly segue, but a Sunic segue. Okay, go on. I was going to say he's in the final year of his contract, lads. Do we give him a contract? Because I'm, I'm all about it. I say yes. It's a good question, that actually. I think, I think, last, I think it's yeah. quite early to call. I think, I think we have to see how the rest of the season goes for him. Because I imagine he's probably one of those players that isn't on the cheapest wages, given we signed him for what six million pounds. So he's probably on the higher end of the wage bill. Yes, he started very well. I think we'll have to see how he gets on for the rest of the season, to be honest, because it could be one of those where first 10 games he does brilliantly and then sort of falls off and goes under the radar. Who knows? But I think if he performs like he has throughout the rest of the season, 100% offer him another contract because he started excellently. And if he can continue that form, of course he deserves it. But we've, we've just got to see how the rest of the season goes from, I think. My issue is that he's he's got... Sorry, Jamie, you, you go for it. So, no, no, go on, Sam, please. I've spoken off. No, I, I was just going to say, like, um, with Sunic having a year left on his contract, if it gets to January and we haven't sort of renewed his deal, yeah. he can speak to other teams. And obviously, we don't want to let him go for free when we spent that much money on him. I feel like we've got to get something, at least if he's actually playing well this time around as well. So, it's one of the things you have, do have to keep an eye on. And I'm sure you James is going to say the same thing by the reaction. You literally <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. Yes, mate. <laughs> oh, man. All good minds think alike. Um, let's segue this on to uh, the Norwich game then. So obviously we talk about lineups. <laughs> What's the lineup you would choose for the game against Norwich? Who wants to kick us off? That's it. Well, yeah, actually, rather than sort of going through one to eleven, like key players, who has to be on that list? Sunjik needs to start. There is no way you rest Ivan Sunjik and then not play him against Norwich or a free. Free flowing, and so I know they're just our six two to Plymouth, but they've been scoring goals for jokes this season. You need an Ivan Sunjik to absolutely just shite it in the middle there with a Bielik. Uh My issue is obviously is Siriki Dembele fit enough for ninety minutes because Keshi's injured. 
And uh, mm. has any, yeah. does anyone know how severe the Keshi injury is? Because I haven't heard anything yet. I haven't heard anything. To be you never know, do you? Like they could take off mm. weeks. It could be a couple months. So honestly, does that is say that he's a few weeks away? Than he used it's to... the same injury, isn't it? Yeah. Like that took him out for mm. Blackpool. From what people were saying, though, that's the issue. Yeah, that is the truth. I think because people were saying, weren't they, that he's a proper Championship player if he stays fit. I mean, it looked like mm. to me, particularly from the nights where we were there, it was like it, it looked like he was sort of holding his. Uh, his yeah. thigh, like it looked like a hamstring sort of thing, which is never, so, yeah. never a good sign, is it? So it happened right in front yeah. of me. The ball came in high. He tried to put his left leg, I think, up to control it high up, and he instantly grabbed his hammy, but then carried on for five minutes, and then five, and then looked up, and then he just suddenly out of nowhere a heap, and I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it, those injuries Ooh. are a bit like that sometimes, isn't they? They can be a bit like I'm fine for a bit, and then you put more pressure Pink. on it, and it's starting to really tighten up and really hurt then i'm hoping um, it was a precaution and we just got him off quick yeah because he's been class be. this season i think i know he's he can't, excellent his shooting's a bit to be desired but apart from that his build-up play and everything's fantastic yeah. i'd like to say a little bit more from him just from the shooting aspects i know you touched sometimes he's got to pull then. the trigger isn't he you said it in your yeah, arm, I, you, like, and i completely agree with it sometimes he's quite yeah. shoot yeah. I don't think his judgment in and around the box is good anyway, because I think his build-up play is fantastic. When he gets the ball, he's quick feet. He's got quick feet, so he can get away quickly. Um, I don't think he's that quick, but I think he's got a good mind of where to go when he's building up to the play. Use his body well as well to get away. Yeah, but it's in and around the box. So he doesn't play the right pass, or he doesn't quite find somebody running across him like Stansfield to feed him through. And so when he gets chances in he's a bit startled to whether he should shoot, whether he should pass, whether he should yeah. find like a, an alternative one behind him or something, hold on to the ball. You know, I feel like he just, he doesn't really have the, quite the understanding of when to just do something. Friday was the example when they've played it in the box and Koji and him have done a one-two with each other in the 12 yard. Like, just shoot. I was thinking I know, just yeah. someone it's hit Oh my God. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I literally yeah. watched it in front of me. It's like pass, pass, pass. Like, just please, someone. Just I don't it's care if it's like, just hit too, it. Yeah. Just hit it. Yeah. No, I remember that now. Yeah, actually. I, I, yeah, I agree with Anderson. I'd argue, um, not to critique Miyoshi because I think Miyoshi's been excellent. And before I say this, I'll, I, I want to make it clear I'm not critiquing Miyoshi, but I feel he's all a little bit similar when it comes to playing the final third. There was an instance. There were two instances in the uh, QPR game. I think one where it came to him and he released the ball very quickly and gave it away. One in the first half where the pass was a bit long and that happened against Preston as well. So I think it's it's there's a few instances this season where I think, well, actually there are quite a lot of instances this season where I think the wrong decisions are being made in the final third. And that's not picking out any particular players because it, it happens, you know, it's such a quick game, isn't it? And you've got to make decisions so, so quickly. But yeah, there's just been a few instances where I agree Anderson sometimes should just shoot, should just hit it. Maybe same with Miyoshi, just lay off that extra pass. Or I think our decision-making in the final third does let us down quite a lot of the time. Same with the strikers sometimes, maybe delaying for too long or holding on to the ball for too long. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's something that maybe has to be worked on because let's let's be honest, our, our, our play in the final third this season, particularly the last few games, hasn't been brilliant. So I, I think, yeah, something that needs to be highlighted. And let's be honest, the best thing about Stansfield so far is the fact he does just shoot. Because mm, yeah, he's his first goal, an absolute blinder against Plymouth. Mm -hmm. First time shot, bang, back of, the, back of the net. Millwall got it in through Bakuna, fires it into across the box. To, that's another goal for him. Um, who else has he scored against? I know Preston. 
Preston's mm-hmm. is he is he got three or four? Three, I think. Three, three. yeah. He hit the post yeah. against Watford, didn't he? And an, an example oh, again of him shot. just shooting, picked up the ball from what 20, 25 yards up, just hit it. And I think mm-hmm. I think Martin said it when he came on in that football can be frustrating these days because it's just sideways, sideways, side. Sometimes rather than over, I'm not a football tactical expert, but sometimes it just does look like rather than overcomplicating it and trying to find that perfect pass, just shoot. If you're like Guardiola and you've got the players to do it, where De Bruyne and Foden can pick out the perfect pass nine times out of 10, brilliant. But in the championship, you don't have the luxury of that quality. So sometimes Mm. as Stanfield's been doing, you just got to pick up the ball and hit it. And it's worked for him so far. So, you know, it can always work for the other players. But yeah, I I think that's one thing that I've picked up on this season. Our our decision-making in the final third just needs a bit of improvement. Just just look at Preston. Look at the Preston game. Ivan Sundjic had a shot from 25 and the keeper palmed it out. Literally, was going bottom corner. I was behind it. Yeah, it was a good... That's what I mean sometimes. I know Blues fans do it a lot, but when we shout and shoot, just do it. Like the last mm. player who really used to do it for us was Big Endor. When he after yeah. that one, he nearly banged in that screamer. Everyone just did it from then on. He just went, "Yeah, all right, whack." I think, just hit it. I think what we get wrong, what players get wrong, in my opinion, is when we do shout, shoot, and they agree to, or it's in their mind beforehand. They 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 go for like the higher shots. They go for the high top corner ones. I always feel like the ones that Sunyuj had against uh, Preston, that sort of driven shot along the floor, it's it catches keepers off guard really quickly because it comes through so many legs as well. I feel like they're expecting like a sort of, like a, a chest tight sort of save or something to parry away. As soon as it goes down low, then it's it's really tricky to get down low. I mean, like those driven shots, they skip along the floor as well. So I, I, I think if we are to shoot from distance, we've got to try and drill them. Although we can't end up like... Gary Gardner did a few times in the uh, Bowyer season, I think it was. He had a few of those long shots that just, I remember him, he comes up to them and you can see yeah. him, <laughs> you can see him hit them. And I just they see like that, there's the distance from the post and like where the ball is. It's just like, oh God, man, what are you doing? Just like get a bit of accuracy on your shots, please. I mean, we've, we've got the players as well, the technical players that can actually have a dig from range this season. I, mm. I fully believe that Koji Miyoshi can cut inside and hit one on his left peg. There is no way he can't. That man's got something about him. Anderson, mm. I hope, can hit him. Stansfield, as we saw, Backman was beaten all ends up. I don't care what any Watford fan will ever say to me. If that is on target, Batman is done and that's flown in from 30 yards. Like, we've yeah, got the players the that can just hit it. Like, just Sunjit can hit one, like, as we've seen, he's thundered a couple in any in his time now. Yeah? Like, mm-hmm. just. It's one of them. We just like you, we've all said the build-up play is lovely to watch, but sometimes just pull the trigger, lads. Just pull the trigger. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I know. One one thing I think is worth talking. Well, we've sort of briefly mentioned it already, but you, your initial question, Tommy, was who starts at the weekend, and mm. I don't know if you guys agree, but I thought Dembele when he came on didn't quite look his best. Maybe he's mm. been brought back a bit too early. It's tricky because numbers, as we know, are dwindling with now, obviously, Anderson potentially out as well. So chances are we might see him start of the weekend. But from his performance against QPR, it looks like he may be back a week or two earlier than he probably should be. Whether whether he starts, I don't know. I mean, would, would you guys start him at the weekend? We might be left with no choice because of injuries, but would would, would anyone start him? I'm going to say yes, because he's got that ability. And on the, I think the issue is QPR. I don't know if anyone else saw it, but I think every time Dembele got near the ball, there was at least two players just on him. 
Like literally, mm. they they clearly set up for Dembele to come on, and then as soon as he came on, you could see that a centre mid and a right back were just on him in seconds. He got nowhere near it. Like Duke was nullified as well because all the supplies of Duke just ended at that moment because they took Dembele out of the game. They kept Oliver Burke quiet, and Miyoshi was exhausted by that point, and Stansfield was getting tired at that point. I think mm. I think he'll be alright by the weekend. I think another week of fitness, even you get sixty out of Dembele, a fit Dembele with sixty minutes is still a deadly weapon to have. I I think I would start him by bring him off at about mm. fifty minutes. Uh, I would try and go there with the anticipation of trying to get a couple of early goals, particularly with Stansfield. So feed him through, get Miyoshi on the wing as well. Don't play him through the midfield. I don't know why we're trying to move into that sort of position for him i've seen over the years where we've we, we i don't really want to put too much blame on uses as well because i feel like we're sort of digging him out a bit with like the lineups and everything but like i mean obviously it happens because he's still a younger manager and he still hasn't quite understood when to make the right decisions and everything um but i also do think though that obviously he'll know better than me but like i feel like with miyoshi kind of feels like jota with me so, like, we always used to play Jota out wide when his best position was probably in the midfield, in middle, and trying to, you know, make chances out of that as an attacking midfielder. We're playing Miyashi in, in that attacking midfield role, and I don't think he is. I think he's a right a right winger or a left winger. I, I don't think his position works best in midfield. I think he needs the ball out wide, a couple of little one-twos with the attacking midfielder, like Bakuna or somebody like that, and then get down the the left and starting to cut inside he's got those abilities to work inside that sort of midfield area you know he's got nice feet he can trickle past people and everything but i don't think he works best in that attacking midfield role because someone like bakuna does all the other work as well you keep miyoshi out on the left he doesn't really have to do as much defensive duties he still does of course but when you stick him in that center bit there it's always like it's sort of causing trouble. It's sort of like it's causing for defensive needs, if that makes sense. So I definitely think he needs to stay on the left, really. And yeah, it's, I would start Dembele, yes. It's an interesting one. It's a common theme we've sort of seen at Blues over the last few seasons. Players just playing wildly out of position. I mean, me and Sam touched on it in the last one, but particularly under Bowie, that happened a lot, where we were seeing like Onel Hernandez play wing back. And it's like, this guy is so good going forward. Why is he there? I think if we're talking then someone to play in behind the striker, I'd say the closest we have to an out-and-out attacking midfielder then is probably Bakuna. Because I'd argue Miyoshi and Anderson are wide players. Hogan's an out-and-out striker, as is Stansfield, as is Djukovic. In terms of play, maybe Jordan James could be close to that attacking midfielder, but we don't necessarily have that, that cam in, in the team, do we? We've got a lot of wide players and a few strikers, but not necessarily that out, like that perfect attacking midfielder. You look at someone like, let's say, Madison. I know he didn't play there at the weekend, but he's your just typical attacking midfielder, isn't he? So I wouldn't, I'd say we probably don't have that at Blues. I agree, Miyoshi, I think, should be playing out wide. I should Anderson, I should Dembele. Uh, it's yeah, it's a tricky one. When when the the lineup was announced for QPR, and I saw both Hogan and Sandsfield in the team, I assumed we'd gone for like a four four two or something, and we're playing them both up front. But obviously, it turned out Sandsfield was pushed out wide. Um, yeah, it, it, we we've seen it so many times that Blues are players playing wildly out of position. I think Sandsfield has to start up top for me. Um, I know we've brief, briefly mentioned it, but he seems most effective when he's up front rather than out wide. Um, Miyoshi goes out wide for me, as does probably Dembele if Anderson's injured then. And then in behind the striker, I think Bielik and Sunjic has to be those two defensive midfielders. I think they've proven they are the two most solid options we have. 
And then in in terms of behind the striker, probably Bakuna. I'd say that's what I'd I'd go for at the weekend. Mm-hmm. You just know he's going to start Oliver Burke and put me off shit camera. Yeah, does that doesn't fill yeah. me with like we're going to win? Like if we put those, if we did that sort of the similar lineup that Zach's saying there, I think all right, we're up for it today. Like we're going to go and put some. Even if we didn't win, I feel like I'd feel confident for the game. If that makes sense, I, I don't I feel. Love, I don't mind me actually. Cam, I know, I know it's difference of opinions, obviously, but I think against Preston, there was times. I know he was a bit late releasing the ball a couple of times. But there was then moments against Preston where he was on the half turn, he went through, and he was slipping passes in behind. He has the ability to play Cam, but I think, like you've said, though, he will get credited out by a giant centre half. That's the issue. I a think, massive centre back yeah. gets him, and it's over. Yeah. I think Miyoshi is so good on the ball. I want him charging at the full-backs and trying to take them on. I feel in behind the striker, you're more looking for that threaded through pass. And as I said, there's been two instances where he's overhit it in the last two games. I I much prefer Miyoshi out wide just because I feel he can use his pace and ability on the ball more often. I think it can work tactically as well because Miyoshi's quick as well and he's agile. So he'll skip past those full-backs. And you can almost swap him over in each half to sort of wear the fullbacks down a bit because if we're, for example, if we're still level late on and the fullbacks have been wear, worn out all game from Yoshi just tearing past them, both Dembele and Miyoshi tearing past them, you then, you know, you might put Bakuna out on the left and then Miyoshi into the middle. And then you bring Djokovic on for Hogan, for example, and then you get past those already tired fallbacks, and then you can create crosses for Djokovic. You can then battle away with the bigger centre backs, can't you? So, like in, in terms of that way, so like if you play Miyashi and Cam, the they're tiring him out, aren't they? So, like you got players like the big ones at the Preston and everything. You know, it's just no match, particularly for a whole 90 as well. Like he works better on that left side, for example, skipping past that players, or like if someone's made a um, like Bakuna has made that attacking midfield run in behind that left back. He can just put it past him and then go into the space that Bakuna's left for him. So he can sort of interchange in that way. And that's why I don't think it works vice versa. So that's just my opinion in any way. But like, I definitely think that Miyashi and Anderson, um, Miyashi and Dembele are the preferred wide players. That's definitely my opinion. And then you can bring on players like Ali Burke, who probably will build his confidence up in the next few days, in the next few oh. games. I wouldn't mind to see Ollie have a go up top. You know, like when Stansfield, if you're going to play Stansfield in behind the striker, I'd give Ollie Burke a go up top. I know I know, people have said his touch is a bit crap, and it probably is. It's not great. But he's got one thing, lads, that you can't teach. It's raw, bloody pace. And yeah, that man can cause problems. He's he's not too bad in the air, actually, as well. There's been a oh, few yeah, chances. See the flick on? That have gone presence. far yeah, forward. The flick on was yeah, brilliant. Yeah. No, I think he's he's definitely got something about him that's obviously not worked elsewhere, has it? I mean, he's been loads of places, and he's been to Celtic, he's been to West Brom. Did I cut out a bit there? No, no, you're good. No, uh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. There's quite a lot of clubs, isn't there, that he's been at already? Like, he's not even an older player as he's well. He's played the league, or I know that much. I know he's definitely been in the league as well. Was it Celtic? He, he was sold to West Brom like by Forest for a lot of money. I know that it was like he went, 30, yeah, 40 he, million. Yeah, I was so surprised by that. He's been at Werder Bremen as well, and he was obviously at Forest. Mm. He, I could not believe because I've got a Forest mate, and I was speaking to him. And I could not believe it when he told me he left Forest for thirteen million. So we have got a thirteen million pound footballer in our team, okay. and obviously, you know, he's not he's not performed to those thirteen million pound levels. But again, 
if you're going for 30 million pounds you you've got you've got to have something about you haven't you so yeah i mean ollie burke for me i see him more as a as a come on in 70 minutes and offer us something a little bit different to what stansfield offers because they're two very different strikers um i don't think he's been too bad since coming into the team i don't think he's done anything special but i don't think he's jeopardized us in any way i think he's just done his job um we obviously want to see him add more goals and assists to his game that's sort of been the bane of his career really a lack of goals for a strike you know that's a big thing surrounding Ollie Burke so he needs to add those to his game um but yeah uh, you know he's what six foot five he, he'll be fantastic in the end one thing that did confuse me actually I noticed when we had corners Burke wasn't in the box Burke was one of the players that was sitting back which uh, again I'm no expert but if you're six foot five surely you should be getting into the box so six that, that confused me a bit he's six he's, foot. he's, he's he, oh, is he 6'2"? Right, fair enough. I was about to say, 6'5", he's taller than fucking Mark Roberts. I, have, I haven't definitely way. got he's his tall. wiki open. He's, he's massive. <laughs> but yeah, like, he's, he's, he's definitely 6'2". Should yeah. be in the box, put it that way. Yeah, However tall he is, he should be in the box. And, uh, on so, to your um, points, lads. Yeah. He's been about... I've got his Wikipedia up now. He has been about yeah, Forrest, Bradford, so Leipzig, West Brom, Celtic, Alvarez, Sheffield United, Millwall, Wonder Bremen, Millwall, us. Yeah. So he's, still, so he's still obviously from that list of teams. He who who's he still registered to? Bremen. It's a loan and it from Wonder Bremen. Werder Bremen. Okay. Yeah. That's a weird one. That is. I mean, like I, I think players like him have always had that issue, haven't they? In terms of just never being able to settle down because it must be like manic life in going from Germany to Spain, then to come back to England again. It's just like you can't really pin down a life can you you can't get used to the lifestyle you've got to mm. learn a different language that's a lot of stress for a particularly a younger guy as well he's not like probably mid to late 20s as well isn't he so he's 26 yeah so it's it's not it can't be easy for him i think he needs to find a club and i think like that's good with us even though he's technically on loan still he could perhaps come again next season particularly if he doesn't perhaps make the best impact and i don't think people will take a chance on him as well perhaps because of that as well you know, looking at his possible track record and everything. I think, like, if he can stay with us for a few seasons, he might be able to find something that he can gel with. He can perhaps work as, like, a sort of a wide forward almost and sort of be, like, that second striker almost. So you play him with Stansfield, but he can drift out wide and Stansfield can remain more central. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. He's just, he's, yeah, he's good. As you said, Tommy, he's got to find that club he can settle at and start playing football for a consistent number of years rather than being here, being there, being everywhere. Um, we'll have to see what happens at the end of the season. I want to see more goals from him because he's a forward player. He, he, he should be and needs to be banging in the goals if he wants to stay on the Blues, in my opinion. Um, but we'll, we'll just have to see what, what, what comes of him. Mm-hmm. And we have still uh, got a George Hall to come back at some point. Who I was thinking then, like, if we've got someone who could play number 10 for us, George Hall could probably play that cam spot pretty well. Mm, I'd love to it's see a future role too. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's a future role as well because we've obviously got Bakuna at the moment who I think should be playing in that position. I mean he's late twenties, George Hall's early twenties, so that role will definitely. Bakuna's not that old, you know. No, I think he is. I think he is late twenties. I think. I think he's like twenty-seven. I think. I want to say he's yeah, welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast. Just a lot of speculation, really. <laughs> he might be, he might not be. I don't, who are we playing the weekend? I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's, maybe. he's 26. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, he's 26. Yeah. I thought he was younger for some reason. Or maybe I'm just getting older. That's what well, he was when he first signed for us. He was probably like 23, wasn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, I feel like. Um, yeah. Oh, you were right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, what can I do? No. Um, this is why you're host. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to more speculation. You're my host. <laughs> um, I think with the the younger players though, they definitely will come into their own, and that's why I've been frustrated, particularly with players like Jordan James and the fact that he hasn't been played. Despite the fact that he's now, even though it's only Wales, and actually, no, I'm not going to say that because I'm, I'm going to get battered in the comments for saying it's only Wales. Um, I'll say it's only he's Wales. A, <laughs> he's a, a Welsh international and he gets high praise from them as well. And there are some decent players in that Welsh team as well. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know why some players uh, just don't seem to fit in the team. I mean, he was crucial with that Bowyer season and, you know, he doesn't really get used in the team even now. I mean, like, he. Featured a couple of times towards the start of the season and a little bit towards the end of the season, last of the season. But like, I want to see more of him because I personally believe that midfield, it's so interchangeable. We can honestly work it out throughout the game almost. Obviously, it's good to have a set midfield. But you have James, who could almost be your central centre midfielder, sort of just distribution of everything. So he picks up the balls from the defence and into the attack and then obviously trying to help out with Bielik and everybody. You can keep Bakuna in that attacking role and less defensive duties and then Bielik is almost acting like a, a guard for the um for the defence as well. And you can you can switch between all of them then, in my personal opinion. Because I think what we're getting stuck down with at the moment is perhaps thinking that Bakuna is probably more of a defensive player and Sonyush is probably more of an attacking player. When in reality, is that they're probably the opposite of both, really. I mean, like, Sunich, for as good as he is going forward, you know, his best work is when he's pressing people, isn't it? Let's be honest. And mm-hmm. so when you get those younger players like Jordan James, you can give him the freedom of the ball and the play, as we did with George Hall in that amount of time as well, because Bealey was so solid in that front of the defence that he gave him the opportunity to just play as how he wanted to, which is why he was so crucial towards the end of last season, wasn't he, George Hall? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's such a shame for George Hawkes. He's such a young lad and he has been played with injuries, really. I think the sooner he comes back, the better, because I think, although I said earlier, Bakuna is probably our closest to an attacking midfielder. When George Hall fit is fit, it's probably him. I mean, going back to what you said as well about Jordan James, I think I mean, the thing that frustrates me about Jordan James is people forget he's 19. I think because he's been in and around the squad for quite some time and he first came in when he was 17, People think he's probably a little bit older, but he's he's 19 years old. And there's been a few games this season where James has come on and people have... I hate going on Blues Twitter after after the games, to be honest, but because the criticism is just so, so high. But the, the, sometimes, you know, he's getting slated left, right and centre for a 10-minute cameo. And it's like he's he's 19. And that season under Bowyer, I think he was particularly, you know, showed what a fantastic player he, he can be and is going to be. When he was, you know, only 17 and he was starting week in, week out, he's already made 50-plus appearances for us. And as you said, he's getting in the Welsh team. So Jordan James is a very good footballer. And if we want to focus more on his development and, you know, getting the best out of him and, and you know, making him a 10, 15, 20 million pound player in the future, he needs to be getting more game time. I think you, you've been quite a big advocate for that, Tommy, wanting Jordan yeah. James on the pitch more. And I agree with you because, you it's know... still not happening. He still gets two know, minutes every game. And I get it to an extent because there is a lot of competition for those positions and we do have very good players such as, you know, Miyoshi Anderson, Dembele, you know, George Hall. In terms of squad depth, our probably attacking midfielders slash wingers are where we've got the most options. So I do get it, but I want to see Jordan James 
maybe coming on at half time, maybe coming on in minute 55, 60, not minute 80, 85, maybe starting the old game here and there because he had a very good preseason as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So mm-hmm. he's a player that deserves more game time. And I think with the injuries we've got at the moment, if, if that team's announced for, for the weekend and Jordan James is starting, I'm, I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, I, agree, I think yeah. if you're not going to play him, loan him out. I, was, I don't want to say it, but yeah. if it gets to January yeah. and I've I all Jordan James, would you not go? Well, am I going to play or not? Well, probably not. Well, can I go on loan? Another championship mm. club would take him on on loan. hundred percent, they Definitely. would. They've said how good a Cardiff or a Swansea, a Welsh team themselves would fully take him on because he has performed excellently for Wales. They'd a hundred percent take him on loan if they had to for six months. It gives him a chance to develop. It gets him championship football again. It builds him. It does nothing but good for us. If we're going to play him for three minutes a half, what's the point? Yeah, I agree. If, if Eustace for the rest of the season is going to go, I'm only going to bring Jordan James on in minutes 80 and 85 this season and he'll start the odd cup game. That's all I'm going to use James for this season. A million percent loan him out because that's not good for his development. But if Eustace is going to say, well, I'm going to start him for a few games, then a few games I'll bring him on in minute 45, a few games in minute 60. Then I'd be a bit more, okay, well, he's getting a good amount of game time for a lad his age. Let's keep him on because he can help the team. But as I said, if he's just going to keep coming on with five, ten minutes left, I completely agree, Jamie. Loan him out, get him some good club football, some good experience. Maybe in League One, you know, just, I know it's a step lower, but get the goals, get the assists, get that confidence up, get that consistent game time going and, and see where he goes. What, what, what do you think, Sam? Because one thing that's just crept into my mind is that Swansea have got Christian Pedersen now. I know it's not the, probably the best example <laughs> to use, but like they were in the same team together at least. So there is a link there, isn't there, for a loan potential, isn't there? Yeah, I suppose there is a bit of a connection and um, it all depends really like when we send out Jordan James on loan, if we do sort of what position he'll play at at the club that he goes to. I'm sure that's something that the staff will sort of go through the team that perhaps he goes to in January or whatever. Because I would like to see him play in a more sort of advanced role because we saw it in pre-season, didn't we? He was one of our top goal scorers and he looked really good in front of goal in pre-season. So I'm just sort of hoping that there is some club, if it's not us, then another club we can loan him out to that does sort of um, get the best out of him attacking-wise. Mm. Well then. That's the issue. Yeah, he keeps, starting, he keeps coming on the wing as well. That's another thing. I'm trying not to gripe about it too much. Stop putting him on the wing. He's clearly not a winger. Great footballer, not a winger. He's like anti Miyoshi. Like you've got Miyoshi playing in the middle when you want him on the wing, but then you're playing him on the wing when you want him in the middle. It's so annoying. That's what I've been saying. That's why I was like, we had a great player. We had a, a really high quality Premier League player at times in Jota, and we played him out on the right where we just never got used to it. So we played him in the midfield or in the attacking midfield. Like uh, uh, there was a couple times with Monk. Uh, he played in the attacking mid against. Forest, we won 2 0 in, and he scored a fantastic goal. He puts the ball over the one of the defenders and then passes it into the far, uh, far bottom corner. You know, one of the probably the best goal he scored for us, actually. Um, and then also, he had a couple of games towards the end of that season as well, but he also did a couple in the first few games that Monk came to. But he, I mean, he had a good relationship with Colin, but like, we, we can't keep doing it. You know, we can't keep playing our best players at the wrong position. That's why I'm saying about Stansfield mm. playing him out wide. We've had it with Hernandez playing at left wing back. We've had it with, well, uh, we've had it with Gary Gardner playing centre back, but that's probably a bit of a different one. That is, like, we don't <laughs> need to play Jordan James that wide. Mm. You know, if we've got someone like Miyoshi, it's like if we're playing James on the right and Miyoshi in the middle, it's, it's like stop. We need to have a think about this. Swap like them over, the and then done. Bit, that's fine. It? Yeah, mm. don't fall into the trap of thinking right. We've got to do this just for thinking like. How's this individual player going to get the best? Ads? No, it was like Miyoshi plays on the right, Jordan James in the midfield. You know, I, I, I don't know why 
those sort of things don't get picked up on probably a bit more, but personal opinion in the end. But anyway, let's get on to it. Uh, final predictions for the game on Saturday. I can't get my days right today. Yeah, just just quickly before we go on to predictions, you asked a question about half an hour ago, Tommy, uh, what should the starting 11 be? We haven't answered it. So No, I, 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 I kind of think we have quickly. actually. Yeah, no, but in a weird we sort of way, with, well, because we, we picked up on the players who probably should be playing, shouldn't we? Because we haven't Very really true. asked for a one to eleven. Because there's no like, point doing I defense think... and goal because we all know who the back five. Yeah, is. exactly. It's very say, consistent. I think we can it? all agree with the back five in mm. unless is Laird again. Long, Sanderson, Buchanan. I don't think Laird. I haven't heard no, anything regarding he Laird. Obviously, Ruddy in goal. I think we all agree Stansfield is the standalone striker. I think we all agree with that. And then we probably all agree with Felix and Sunjic, two holding midfielders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. then it's just a free and behind. And I think with injuries at the moment, we're likely going to see probably Dembele on the left, Miyoshiva in behind or on the right, and then maybe either one of Bakuna, That's Jordan James, something like that. Yeah, mm. I imagine That's so. what I'd like to see. We're expecting Burke, aren't we, I think, out John, wide. John loves a curveball. Yeah, he does, he yeah. He just yeah. loves a curveball, though, as well. I don't Not know why that... Him. I don't know why that lineup though that you've just mentioned there, Zach, can't be the curveball because I think what everybody yeah. else is expecting is like a slight midfield block of a four-two-one-two, 4-2-2 diamond. I can't be able to say four-one-two-one-two. Um, it's just like I feel like when you 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 kind of expect that with him, you sort of you play central midfielders out wide, sort of mm. closer together. So I think a curveball would be to play a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three or whatever. And you know, just that's why I was saying earlier. I was saying that. If you put that team out, I think oh, we're going to go for it today. And then, we're, yeah. like, if we put yeah. that team out with like Bakuna on the right and Jordan James on the left, it's like, well, you know, we don't look like we're going to win. We might, but we don't look yeah. like it, do we? Well, so, this yeah. is the thing. Every time, oh, sorry, Jamie, go on, you go. I was going to say this is going to sound really controversial. I was more pissed off leaving QPR than I was losing to Preston. Based on performance yeah, I kind of agree going. with you on that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because I was like, we were fantastic against Preston. Yeah, but that's a free goal. Goal. It was a free goal yeah. goal, and it just literally their only chance, really. And I was yeah. like, great. Whereas QPR, you write Sam, it was just a dull, terrible game. And I was like, this is crap. Mm. Like, we just gave up after 60 minutes, really, didn't we? Mm. Like, comment, ah, yeah. and happening. Clean sheet then. No. 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 And- yeah. Sort of going back to the lineups quickly as well. I don't know if you how you guys get the lineup on a match day, but whenever the lineups announced, I always go on Twitter and Facebook. the first thing I do when I see the lineup, I go to the comments and I always know whether the comments are going to be positive or negative based on the lineup. <laughs> I think most fans have a general idea or a, a generally in agreement as to what the lineup should be, and often we see managers choose the complete opposite. Obviously, we're not the managers; they know better than us, but. I agree, Tommy, in that most of the time we can name our ideal lineup. Ninety mm. percent of Blues fans would probably agree, and then we see something completely different. We're like, "Well, why is that not the lineup?" So, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. I, I I trust Eustace. I like him a lot as a manager, and this certainly isn't anything against him because, as you said, he's young and and all that sort of thing. And you know, I, I rate him highly, but we would like to see a lineup that's a bit more positive, a bit bit more attacking, and and really take the game two teams and the last no sorry uh, if we do have that lineup i'm going to say we're going to win uh that that's if we don't know i don't think we are i think it'd be another draw or potential loss um but yeah go on jamie and say my last note dixon i want to see dixon get minutes this kid has something like six Mm. in five now for the under 21s Mm. get him on 
that he was there at Preston when we went 2-1 down. Why didn't we just bring him on then and go, game might be lost, OK, go on and make some havoc, cause something, do something. But instead, you brought someone else on whose first involvement in the game was to be offside. Did you like I wonder who that's alluding to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the more game time you can give the youngsters, the better it is for both the club and their development. So, yeah, I would not be opposed to see Junior Dixon come on it with, with 10, 15 minutes to go. Come on then, predictions. What are we going for? Are we feeling confident? No. <laughs> <laughs> that silence. Oh, honestly, no. It's Norwich like we never beat them. We never beat them. And they've, they've started the season pumped. quite well as well, haven't they? They've started they've the season quite well. Right right. right. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. They're, they're going to want to respond after conceding six, lads. That's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. They've just conceded yeah. six. They're going to be raging. Yeah. Although Timu Puki doesn't play for them, so that gives me a bit of hope because he was a knob. He just finished everything. So at least you know. <laughs> Some, you know, glitter and all that, but... Yeah. Uh, just just quickly, though, mil, like a um, statistic Norwich. that I saw about Norwich, um, us versus Norwich, in the last 17 games he played against, and we beat him once in 17 games. Like, that is yeah. literally... That's a stat to petrify Was the win... What, so we beat him once in our last 17... Yeah. Okay. yeah. Was that Solomon Octobar's last? Oh, no, that was a draw, wasn't it? Because I yeah. remember a game. Yeah, if Solomon you can guess Octobar the game. Then... On. What was the game we beat him? It yeah, was. Because I did look it up. It was. It was in 2016 17, and we won 3-0 at home. Correct. <laughs> and who scored, Tommy? It was Donaldson. He scored twice. And then Davis scored as well. Mm, I think that's right. Yeah. I know Donaldson got a remember couple. the third so... got. I remember the third yeah. goal being really strange because it was like I think their player sort of passes it or was like puts their foot in to try and step into the challenge and then it just falls to Donaldson he flicks it in the back of the net and we win three 0 But yeah, I mean that Norwich I think finished fairly high up in that season actually as well. So, yeah, I think they just come yeah. down from the Premier League, couldn't they? And I, I think, think they so, might yeah. have had like a mid-table finish and then they just completely blitzed the league the next season. Like they just finished top. Yeah, that's when, uh, all the season I after. Think... I can never remember those seasons. It's always a bit of a blow to finish top. And... Mm. I think Madison might have actually been playing for Norwich at that point. He might have been, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know they had a few players at that time, didn't they? I mean, like they had that weird Portuguese player. I can never remember his name. But yeah, they, they had some weird signings. I mean, they're a team that's clearly going through a lot of change at the moment as well. So I yeah. definitely think we can take something to them. I mean, like, last season was... I mean, we weren't great, were we? But we're in decent form at the moment, considering the start we've had. I mean, like, how many is it now? We're seven games in, is this? Seven-ish, I think. Yeah, and we're yeah. four wins, two draws, and two losses, is it? Yeah, that's not bad. No, that's, no, that's eight, isn't it? Um, yeah. It must nearly, be three maybe, wins. Nearly. Three wins, three. two draws, two losses. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not confident just because I think we've We've struck. We've obviously lost two and drawn one in our last three. Um, I think Norwich Carrow Road is a very difficult place to go in order to break that 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 streak. Um, they've started despite their six-two loss to Plymouth. They have started the season quite well. Um, um, as Sam alluded to, we we've only beaten them once in our last seventeen attempts. So I'm um, no, not to bring the mood down. I knew but it. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go one or two nil Norwich. I think I'm going to settle on a. A two 0 Norwich. Oh, God, Sorry. I, I, it's I that remember bloody that. goal music. Sorry. Isn't it? It's that bloody goal music. Sorry, like, yeah. You just know you're gonna hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. remember in the first season we did the um 
podcast just us three. You always accuse me of sitting on the fence. It's like I can't think of a good enough comeback now to think of you just always <laughs> predicting we're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Tommy? One, one, two, two, three, three. I think if we put the right team out, I think if we put that team out that we put together, I think we can win because I reckon a couple of get an early goal and then sort of win the first half basically. And then we can see what happens from there. I wouldn't be too upset if we lost because it's a bit of a bogey ground for us. Um, but I'd at least like to see us give it a try, you know, because we've been absolutely mm-hmm. awful at Carrow Road in the last few years. I mean, I'm not going this year. I will be watching it at home. But it's just, I just really don't want another one of those games, really, because it's, oh, we're going to have to wait again now for another. Uh, we've got Huddersfield after that, and then we've got West Brom. It's like, oh, it cuts tricky fixtures these are really mm-hmm. so like i, I want to put in a good performance even if we don't win if we come over points that's okay obviously if we do win fantastic you know we haven't won there in ages so like let's go there and try and turn something over because we could take that good form into against huddersfield as well who aren't in the best of form i know they drew um with coventry in the last minute um but they didn't look particularly great did they so like you know put the right team out have a bit of a, put a bit of a risk out there and see what comes off because if if we win then you know i mean they could probably predict it again next week but that's when you can adapt and change the team like you were saying about eustace so put that strong team out there all the players in the right positions and see what happens because i'm absolutely sure if dembele gets on the ball early and miyoshi as well with stansfield in the middle it could be anything really like the chances they make and create as well it's just like it could it could honestly be anything because Stansfield's fantastic when he gets the ball immediately, just ping, shoot. And then Dembele yeah. working in off that left as well. And Miyashi coming in on the right. It's just, it could work perfectly, really. So put the team out and I think we can win 2-1. That's what I'm going to go for. Come on, I need everybody else's predictions now as well. I've said 2-1. I can't say that we're going to lose. <laughs> I feel like we've, I've, I've been big enough for like you know doing like this monologue and saying oh we could do this we could do that and then I just go oh yeah I'm getting carried away and I <laughs> do you know what I think do you know what I think we should have for the season actually we should have like um a, a blues focus sort of prediction table so each week we predict yeah. the score and if we get it right we get yeah, like that could get embarrassing table yeah but the, the, yeah the, true true but I think that'd be quite good we could maybe maybe think about doing that. I've got this uh, app called FanHub on my phone. Some of you might have it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I get like I predict predict the team every week, and there's like this uh, FanHub's five thing as well that they predict five games if you can win and whatever. Uh, and I, I look back on some of the ones out the last season. The worst one I had in terms of predicting the lineup out of eleven was about five players. I think, oh god, I've let myself <laughs> oh, wow. go on that one there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think um. I think if if we were to use that sort of system, then I reckon my average would probably be about nine out of eleven. I'm not too sure, really, but yeah, I think in terms of predicting the games, I'm very rarely right on that. Actually, <laughs> well, I'm hard pre- to predict pretty much always wrong, all. really. Yeah, but if we predict a loss, we can't then be hoping for like, oh, come on, please, two 0 Norwich throughout the game. So, uh, yeah, we'll maybe pick that, that up in the early. next episode. We'll we'll pick yeah. that up in yeah, the next should. episode. We'll see who got closest to the score. I'm going 2-1. Zach, you're going 2-1 Norwich. 2-0 Jamie, what are you going for? 3-0 Blues. I three think these... Blues. And it's going to sound ridiculous. These have just <laughs> conceded six. Listen, these have just conceded six goals against a Plymouth Argyle team that we beat. There is no reason... 
There is no reason that Siriki Dembele, Koji Miyoshi, Stansfield cannot put the absolute frighteners in this back four that we're going up against. There is no way it can't happen. (laughs) This team are going to be shitting themselves. At any time Dembele gets the ball, they know what's coming. They know the aggression's coming. They're just going to get attacked at all game. You get Buchanan going one side. (laughs) Drama's getting better. I'm telling you now, we're going to batter them. I don't see us concerned. I I think we'll be all right. Can I interest you in a (laughs) 4-0? 3 I'm telling you now. You heard it here first. And you know, we could be you know, like, going higher than five. <laughs> we're going to be 2-0 up. Ogan's going to bang one as well for three. And I'm just going to be like, right, there it is. It's this is the game where Hogan right, just yeah. appears. This is where Hogan just bursts into his form of the season again. I like the fact Goal that Christmas. not going to concede as well. Yeah, right, I'm feeling I confident this point. I'm, I'm confident until about four. Tell you now, lads, five sure past three, all can... Black yeah. and white in a high pitched voice in the next episode. That'll be funny. It will capitulate by five past three. three. I'm... Oh, shut up, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Sam. What are you saying anyway, Mr. Negative over there? Oh, God. Yeah, I'm going to be Mr. Negative here. I think we're going to lose. Like, it's just our record at Carrow Road. It's awful. I'd love to be proved wrong. On my pep talks. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to be proved wrong. I think any other team apart from Norwich, then I could maybe sort of have an argument that nah, I can't see it happening. Score? What are you going for? Oh, God. Um, I'll, I'll give us a goal. I'll go 3 1 Norwich. So, you're saying we're going to score? I mean, like, I obviously predict we're all going to say Stansfield, aren't we? He's definitely going to try and. It's, it's most likely to score on the goal switch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. There's only I two agree. games this season where we haven't scored, so that's not actually bad going mm. for us. Like, yeah, that's for true, us, actually. actually not bad. Only I one think... game in the league we didn't score. And that game we hit the post, so. Yeah, I mean, I think. Wait, you said one game in the league? Oh, two games, sorry, including Two QPR. games, yes, two games, yeah, yeah, yeah. QPR game. Yeah, I mean, that Watford game was just ridiculous, really. But, I mean, like, in terms of, like, I think the goal-scoring abilities in the team, I can only think it is Stansfield at the moment, really. That's It looks like yeah. the threat, doesn't he? So, like, with Hogan, like we were saying earlier on about him being sort of... He's effective in wrong places, really, isn't he? So, he's... I, I, he's actually fairly decent in the build-up play, but he's just—it's the end product. That, that's why Stansfield is better, isn't he? Because he's—he's the—he's performing in this position that he's been put on the pitch for, isn't he? Like with Hogan, he probably can distribute the ball fairly well in the build-up. When it comes to the finish, it's just like—it's oh, never anything, is it? It's always something that's either very weak or a, a simple tap in a way. But with Stansfield, it's like gets away, bang! As soon as he gets the ball on his, but. Yeah, well, we're just going to keep on going over and over, but um, we're all good, yeah? Step on the maces, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, if it ends 3 0 Birmingham next week, we've all got a dab on the podcast next week. Thank you. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm, no, 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 I'll, I'll do that. No. I'll do that. 3 0. No, I'll do that. Yeah, before we go, we, uh, we'd just like to announce that we have made the finals of the Football Content Awards. Uh, which will be held at Anfield. We will also like you to uh, nominate uh, nominate us to win the award. Uh, you can do that in the link in the description and also in the wait, where it's right yeah, the top right corner there. Uh, there'll be a little tag there that'll take you to the screen. You can also tweet us or t- at us in a tweet. Uh, there'll be a pre-filled tweet in the description that you can just click send on the tweet. And then I think there's another one that has like a tag on the Instagram. It's, there's, a, there's a few ways of doing this and they all count as one individual vote. Um, so yeah, please do go vote for us. It'd be fantastic if we win. I'm obviously just happy to be there. I mean, we weren't there last season. Um, 
I was a bit disappointed if outside the lights were just gone. Uh, but we are there this year. It's a bit of a weird one. I think it's a Thursday actually in November, which is it's not a normal not a normal day to put a <laughs> to put a an event on. Um, but yeah, if you would do that, that'd be absolutely fantastic. And if we win, <laughs> it's gonna buy you all the points. Um <laughs> No, I'm not in there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Finance I don't think you've ever actually said this as well. <laughs> no, Jamie just volunteers that I'm going to buy everyone pints. <laughs> oh, that's oh, one of the great running gags on this show. Uh, well, the day it that is. he does buy somebody a pint is actually going to be a groundbreaking moment. I feel like we should have like a really <sighs> cheesy photo of you just handing over my brother like a, a I don't even drink. I, literally, I don't even drink pints myself, so I've probably spent about three <sighs> grand on pints and I haven't had one myself, so... Oh, I'll tell you what, last there season, I mean, we really are dragging out this podcast now, but last season, like you said, oh, I can't come to the pub because I, I'm in the gym. And me and Jamie both looked at each other and went, he's in the fucking gym. Sorry. 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 It wasn't even the fact, I, could, I respect the commitment. It wasn't even that. Time. He said, did fucking leg day. On the yeah, same yeah. day as a match, I was like, "What are you doing? You so Have you not, have you not walked up to the fucking stadium on that? Yeah. That's a leg day. Not yeah, enough. you went wrong. You went wrong. <laughs> uh, well, uh, this, this, some point this season, I'm, I might buy a pint. We'll see. We will mm. see. Getting <laughs> unreal, absolute. Imagine that worth in the roost. That's gonna be a wow. scene, isn't it? The whole, the That'll whole pub is gonna come to a stop. Anyway. <laughs> And he's gone because he's already. <laughs> you don't want to buy us. It's going to be dead, isn't it? Just like, as soon as you mentioned the yeah. points, gone. I've got Zach's name. Just finish, just finish up while you can. Just finish up before it all capitulates, Tommy. <laughs> it's just it's brewing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Oh, is he fucking back now? I swear he is. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> What are you doing to me, Woods? Oh my god. <laughs> Just... oh, no. oh, it's still going! Mute. Mute. <laughs> Thank you for watching this episode of the Blues Focus Podcast. I've been Tommy Kelso, Jamie Lawler's been with me, and Sam. And just a special say, an outro for Zach as well. Would you like to say a few words? <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll be back after the Huddersfield game. Thank you for watching. Keep right on. Keep right on. Jesus Christ, my right. ears, honestly, they're bleeding. Podcast Network. There's always something new and exciting happening in Montgomery County, Maryland. Join podcaster and business leader Kelly Leonard and me, Bob Levy, on another episode of Something to Talk About, where we speak with industry leaders making an impact in our county. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.